Boisai, full pack day. Today's shear sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas Yoel ben Aryeleib Neshamish and Heaven Aliyah, sponsored by the Eliwat family of New Jersey, Modi'in and Bet Shemesh. Oh, I didn't speak into it. Le'ilu Nishmas Yoel ben Aryeleib. That we can take off, yeah. We have a very, very special guest speaker today. Uh, 30 to 40 second speech. Nachem is looking at me like crazy. This is uh, one of the world's most popular children we have here in Bechemish. We have over 18 schools. Happy birthday to who? Oh, Mendy! Mendy! Yeah, put it in the thing. Soon, so we're going to get to use it. Noah Miller. Noah Miller. Wow. We got one for Noah Miller also. Here we go. All right. Anyways, going back to. In Ramah we have, I think, over 18 boys' schools. Anyways, there's thousands of children. One of the most popular kids in Ramah is Aryeh Kamiansky. And yesterday, as I was leaving Shul, he had a big bag of shalachmanas, and he comes running over to me, and he says, here's a shalachmanas for you. I said, for me? He says, yeah, I love you. I love you. And he, he, he went on saying something, and I, I asked him if he could tell to the other. I hope he, hope he says the same thing. Here, Ari, get up on your chair. Okay. <laughs> tell everybody what you told me. Why did you give me shalachmanas? Because you saved everybody that goes to die me from coronavirus. Whoever goes to Dafi Yomi, you don't get coronavirus. Why is that? Why don't you get coronavirus if you go to Because Rav Gamaliel said, if you learned Torah and you do, and you die. From corona? Yeah. Why? Because, because you don't want them to get coronavirus. They get, who did I save? My dad. Good. Rabbi. Seltzer. Rabbi Seltzer, okay. So I saved two people. Gishkoyach, thank you, Arye. Givaldik. All right. Uh, you went off script at the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, he came spontaneous. I'm not kidding. Came over. He said, you, he said, you saved my dad from Corona. Like, what? The good news is, the good news is that Avi decided yesterday that he's not going to America. He's going to go to America. But this is, with the 14-day quarantine, he said he was going to go, and now he's not going. Um, real quickly, we have, um, what? Uh, we'll see. Dear Rabbi Stefanski, Mazel Tov on finishing brachas. I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for the wonderful summaries of the daf. They provide a great way to do chazar after each day of daf. I really appreciate the effort that you must put into preparing this year. Kol Tov and Machat Slacha from the Shabbos and the rest of Shas. Gidon Moscow, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. And then, 
Mikotzel Akotza, we have a guy from RBSA. I'm not sure why he's not here. But hi, been listening and watching the full daf for all of Brachas. Givaldik, how did I start? I live in RBS for 20 years. Two cycles ago, I learned Avyami with the Rav Shmuel Katz, also Givaldik, yet I never finished the entire cycle. About a year and a half ago, Hill Abrams got me hooked, blah, blah, blah. blah. Which means I received daily updates when a new video came out. Bikitzer, he subscribed to YouTube. I occasionally watch a sheer. Okay. Uh, one year ago, full stroke, fully recovered. So this Hadoya, he wanted to make a change in his life. Oh, uh, it's pretty long, so I'm just skipping around there. They made a version. Anyways, well. Why not start with the rest of the world so I haven't missed an online cheer for the entire brachas all the way to the end. Givaldik is a guy that did every single cheer online. Here are a few notes that come to mind that I wanted to share with you from the Masechta. I'm going to skip them. That's for me private. It has to do with hearts and palm and popcorn and hagoymel. Thank you very much for making consistent learning Yoimi easily accessible. I'm with you every day, whether you know it or not, even though I'm only a few minutes away from the new Daf Yomi Center. Thanks. I plan on continuing with Shabbos. David Black, RBSA, I'm sure he has good reasons for not being here, so Yeshur Koyach. And with that, he has no Koyach. Okay. We are holding Dr. David Black. Okay, you know him. Okay, Dr. Givaldik. Davdalid Amud Beis. We are in the middle of a sugya. It's a long sugya. It's ending on Dafei Amud Aleph. I told you the end of the sugya yesterday. I cheated a little bit. The Gemara's question is, if an Ani... I know Rabbi said yesterday was a little noisy, but that was Purim. We let it go. Today, let's get it together and let the Oilam hear. If a person... Shalom. If a person... Anani, we call him Anani because he's standing in Rishusarabim. He takes an object and he transfers it to a different domain into Rishusayachid, places it on an usher, the Balabais's hand. The Balabais is passive, he's just standing like this. He's like a shelf. He places it on his hand. The Ani was over on an Akira and the Hanacha. And he's Chayiv for Meleches Haitzah. The question is why? And a hand is only five inches wide by five inches or so. Unless he's Shaquille O'Neal, 9 inches by 11 inches, fine. But you're still not at Fort Fachim. You need to be at Fort Fachim to be a Makkim for Rishus HaYachid. Why is he over? <clears throat> Different attempts, multiple attempts. Yesterday we said, maybe it's Rabbi Kiva, who says you don't need Fort Fachim. We went away with that. Now we're going to go to Ella Omar of Yosef, where it becomes wide. Homani Rebihi. It goes according to Rebbe. Now, there's a couple of options. Hey Rebbe, which one? We're talking about a person in Rishul Sarabim, and we're talking about, according to Rashi, a transfer of four Amis in Rishul Sarabim. He threw something in Rishul Sarabim, it landed on top of a branch, doesn't have to be four Amis. Rabbi Mechayev v'chachomim poitrim. Rabbi says you're chayev on four ames, and chachomim say you're potter. Oh, says the Gemara, hasam k'debi inon lemeimar lekamon 
Kedabaya over there, so you see that you don't need Fort Fachim because it says Kolshu. It landed on Kolshu, even on a Kolshu is okay. Says Gemara, no, you can't say it goes according to this Rebbe, Kedabaya, Doma Rebbe, Hacha Bi'ilon Ha'imed Bishus Hayachid, Venoifei Noite Lushus Harabim. It's a very specific case of a tree that's in Rushus Hayachid, and its branches come out into Rushus Harabim. Vizorak Vinoch Anoifoi and it landed on its branches, the Rebbe Sovam Rinon, Shide Noifoi Basi Koroi. It's a different Allah over there. It's a Allah whether we consider the trunk of the tree, which is Fort Fachim, and an extension to that trunk would be a branch that goes into Rushusarabim. So in fact, yes, it landed on a branch, it's very narrow, but we don't view the branch as a narrow branch, we view the branch as a very thick trunk. Rabban Savi Lamrinon Shide Noifoi Basi Koroi. So, it's not important to us. That Rebbe, it can't be that Rebbe. Eloha Rebbe, the Sanyo. First case of what we had yesterday. Yesterday we had a case of they were playing ball between their houses. Now they're playing ball from one street to another street. And there was a backyard in between. Yeah? I don't know. Think about an example. Oh, I actually, I want to print it. I thought about an example, I forgot to print it. There was a guy in China who insisted on not moving his home. I guess they don't have eminent domain over there. I don't know what the thing was. And they made a crazy highway around his house. Three lanes. He has his house. In the, I don't know how he gets in and out. He probably doesn't. He, but he was an action. That would have been a beautiful picture. So they're throwing from the three-lane highway over his house into another three-lane highway. What? Who was that? Hill's on it. We're going to get it. Avi's on it. We'll get the picture in a second. It's a crazy picture. There's one in England also. Another Meshuggah. There's Meshuggah in England too. Okay. By the way, that guy in China, he's the one that started the whole Corona thing. Zohar That's what happened. So he went from Rishus Harabim to Rishus Harabim. He was throwing a ball over the guy's house. And what? What, what? Why no? But Rosh Hashanah is the Makom. No, no. Rosh Hashanah is all the way to, all the way up. Rosh Hashanah is up until ten. Tefachim, which we're going to discuss in a second. That's too small. I need a big picture. Okay, he got it. Here we go. Oh, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice picture. We need a bigger picture. That's that's uh, during construction. Show it afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. They have the, after, the after picture? Fine. Let me show that. We got the picture. What's you remember in the Mishnah we learned that Tzah means from Rishus Hayochid to Rishus Harabim. <coughs> and from Rishus Harabim to Rishus Hayochid is called Hachnasa. So now, he started out in Rishus Harabim. He threw the ball over the house in Rishus Hayochid and it landed in Rishus Harabim. So first of all, he did a Hachnasa. He went from Rishus Harabim to Rishus Hayochid. We're going to be learning like we learned yesterday the concept of Kluto Kimshun Chodamyo. That's Rebbe Kiva's, the concept in Rebbe Kiva, that what? Whose cake is who? I'm confused there. There's a lot of cakes going on there. There's Barakas also. 
as it was passing over the Rosh Hashayachid, it landed halachically in Rosh Hashayachid. <coughs> Excuse me. How much? What did it land on? Did it have four tefachim to land on? No. It just landed on the ear. The ear is not four tefachim. So you see the concept of Rebbe, that you don't need four tefachim to land. Then it also took off from Rosh Hashayachid. Oh my gosh. This is a beautiful picture. Atazai. Okay, here you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. And for the viewers, crazy picture. Okay, so anyway. Yeah. Why? But that's the, we said that yesterday. There's no Dalaramas. There's no Dalatfachim. It, it flew. How big is this thing? This thing is a few inches, and it, and it was Niklat in the ear. Where's the Dalat? There's no Dalatfachim in the ear. No. On a piece of ground. It's not the it's not Dalaram. It doesn't mention anything about Dalaramas. You don't know where it is. First of all, the ear caught it. That's what we have to learn. I was, I was also wondering the same thing. Maybe halachically there's a fourth Tfachim, but it's a halachic concept. It's without a physical fourth Tfachim. So, <clears throat> but it also took off from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim. That's why Rabbi says Yuchayiv two times. Yuchayiv for itself. For taking something from Rosh Hashayachah, from that crazy house in the middle, and putting it on the other side of Rosh Hashayachah. Yeah? But I'll upon him. What? No, it's two different Rosh Hashayachah. One is northbound and one is southbound. Two different Rosh No, you're doing ground. Forget it. You're talking about lanes going this way. Lanes. Northbound, southbound, whatever. You went from here to here. Now. So, Akaponim, you see the Yisoyed, without going into great detail, you see the Yisoyed that you don't need for Tfachim according to Rebbe. Because he's doing a halachic landing, halachic takeoff, without any for Tfachim. Says the Gemara, that's not a good raya. We're talking about Roshus HaYachid, that has a ceiling. I had, a few years ago I had the opportunity, I went to visit one of my properties, and the <coughs> property manager, she said, you have to see this apartment. We gotta go see this apartment. I said, what? Well, it's gonna be a surprise. Ooh, wow, was it a surprise. We knock on the door, and a man in his 70s opens up the door, like Adam Arishan before the Chet. Shalom Aleichem, no problem. Right there, uh, she says, uh, this is Ellie, he would like to see your apartment. Oh, no, no problem, come in. You walk in, he was a hoarder. In other words, there was only one foot path in the entire house. You walk in, there's piled to the ceiling. Everything, newspapers, soaps, deodorants, everything. You walk in, what? He, he couldn't find his clothes, I'm assuming, I don't know. He walked in and there was a bedroom there, I'll never forget, there's a bedroom that the, the door, there's only junk up to the door, but the top of the door is about six, seven inches, and there's a cat looking at me from the top of the six, seven inches. And I went into the bathroom, he had 400 toothpaste, 400 toothbrushes, it was the most incredible, and I, I'm thinking to myself, I should just raise this guy's rent, he, can, there's no, he can't move, it's a machla. I mean, the end of the story was that two weeks later she told me that he killed himself in that apartment and when they emptied all the stuff out, they found 
70 guns with each one had a laser scope on it. His son came and donated it all to the police, whatever. That was that. I'm only saying this because the Gemara says that when you have a roof, what? It, it happens to be illegal to have somebody like that. You have to, it's, it's a hazard and the, the fire department doesn't allow anything like that. It's, it's a big problem, these people. Anyway. No, as I'm thinking, like, it's Kemalyadami. Mamish Malyadami. I'm, I'm visually, visualizing a house that there's no room. Wherever you put something on it, you are, you're, it's a shelf. Wherever you put it, it's there. Kemalyadami. That's what it says. Beso that has a roof. Kemalyadami. There is no ear in a private domain. It's all full. So no matter where you put it, it's as if it's on something. <coughs> oh. So Mimela, so it doesn't apply to us. He, Rebbe says it's only talking about that it has a ceiling. Now, okay, so you're asking, so what? What's our case? Our case is talking about there's an honey standing in Rabim. He transferred it into the the, the Balabais's hand, and we're asking, why is, a, why is the Balabais's hand considered Fort Tfachem? So, this whole case that, that, uh, that Rebbe says that you don't need, you don't need Fort Tfachem because it's as if, we're talking about that it's, it's a Rosh that has a ceiling on it, it has a ceiling, that's why it has a special halacha of Fort Tfachem, because it's full, so no matter where you put it, it's full, you put it on Fort Tfachem. But by us, you're going to say maybe in our mission we're talking about <coughs> ceilings everywhere. Okay, Rosh Hashanah can have a ceiling, can have a roof. But you can't put a roof on Rosh Hashanah. Once you put a, a, a roof on Rosh Hashanah, if there's a ceiling on Rosh Hashanah, you're potter. Why? Everything has to be exactly like it was in the Midbar. All our Malachas we learn from the Levine, from the Midbar, from the Mishkan. And in the Mishkan, in the Midbar, there's no ceilings, obviously. When Klai Yisrael brought their stuff to the Mishkan, they went from Rishus HaYachet to Rishus HaRabim, or vice versa, there's no ceilings there. So you cannot say that there was a ceiling in Rishus HaRabim. Their tents had ceilings, but the Rishus HaRabim didn't have a ceiling. So now we have to go to another attempt. What is going on here in the Mishnah? If a guy put, placed something in somebody's hand, which is less than four tefachim, why is he chayiv? Beautiful. You're playing catch with somebody. We're all familiar with this. You're throwing it 50 feet, and the guy, the guy catches it. So who's chayev? Who did that kira? Who did that anacha? The person that threw the ball, he did that kira because he threw it. He also did that anacha because his throw is designed to land in 100 feet in the guy's glove. But if, he's running with but if the guy is running towards you, he runs towards you, since your throw is designed to go 100 feet, and the guy ran towards you 20 feet, that's not where you wanted it to land. So who caused the landing? The catcher. So it's he caught it. Now what happens if you throw, if you do an Akira and somebody else does an Anacha, you're Pater. You know, it's awesome, the Rabbanan, but you're Pater, Midir Reiser. 
you threw it, the guy, the guy was running together. Right? You're playing football now. Yeah. You, you threw a pass, it was a short pass, and the guy comes towards you. You, you thought. Threw it, so you should come towards you. No, you threw it that should go 100 feet. You threw it 100 feet, but it was, you by mistake threw it short or whatever. Or he won. Uh, it doesn't matter, by mistake, yes. It was, he, it was designed, they said, it was designed to go 100 feet, but he decided to catch it early. How did he catch it early? Well, it was intercepted, exactly. It was intercepted, beautiful. It was a low pass? Yeah, it was a low pass. The doc who came up with the frisbee also says... It was a low pass. Who cares what... No, it was a high pass. It was a high pass, but the guy jumped 14 feet in the air and intercepted it. Or it was a low pass and the guy dived and he caught it. Or... He went to the. What do you mean? I don't understand what you're talking about. What happened? It can't be over 10 to 12. What's going on? No, it could go through a Mokim Ptur and then land in a Mokim Chiv and still be Chayv, I think. There's a lot of go through the Mokim Ptur. Again, Nachamol. For those who didn't understand, the guy threw. He was a pitcher. He was throwing it to the mound. Change sports. And the catcher, for whatever reason, decided to be Meshuggah was Purim. He ran out of his spot and ran towards the oh. pitcher and caught it in the middle. Now the pitcher didn't want that. The pitcher wanted to go all the way to the, to the plate, okay. to the batting box. And the catcher decided to do something else. Yeah, so the catcher ruined it for him. The catcher made his own Hanacha. Two people that do one Melacha are Potter. One did Akira, one did Hanacha Potter. It's going to get more interesting, right? It's amazing stuff. Oh, but if he, if the catcher sat there where he's supposed to sit in the batting box, he's chayev. But his mitt is only one foot, it's not four tzvachim. Says the Gemara, you don't need, you don't need four. So this is the acherim. We're not there yet. We're going to push this off also. From here you only see you don't need to land on four tfachim. You don't see that you, need four tfach, you don't need four tfachim for the Akira. It's interesting because yesterday when we asked the same question on Rabbi Kiva, over there we had a really good raya that that's the case because over there we said Rabbi Kiva wasn't mechaif two times. When you threw it in the ear, we said there wasn't a takeoff. Otherwise, if there was a takeoff, you should be chayv twice. That's a raya that even Akira, you know. Anyway, the Gemara just asked a question. Since you see there is a difference in Rebbe Kiva between a Hanacha and Akira, that Hanacha you need four Tzvachim, Akira you don't need four Tzvachim, so maybe this Tana also believes that there's a difference between Hanacha and Akira. Fine. Hanacha Naami, another question. Dilma the Pashat Kanfei Kiblo. Who told you that he caught it in his hand? Maybe he had a very large talus, and he went like this. He made a tent, and that's how he caught it. Which is a little bit of a doichak. It's talking about, yeah, he had a basket. He had a basket. When the Oni puts it in, it's not, it's not his little hand. It's a fort fachim basket. No. It doesn't say anything about a basket in the mission. It says a hand. Look, we don't, we're, we're kind of stuck now, the Gemara says. We tried different, different ways. We said maybe you don't need fort fachim. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. We don't have a good shot. So maybe the shot is there's a basket. And you're asking me, why does it say in the Mishnah? So yeah, so if you want to stick in the word basket, fine. 
You can't have a basket of Rosh Rabim that turns it into Rosh Hashanah. And that will be a problem. Everything is in the Gemara. Even my favorite game, which happens to be basketball, it's Mephorsh in the Gemara that they used to play it. It says here like this. They put a basketball pole in Rosh Hashanah. On top they put a basket. Zorak, and they threw into the basket. Right? Why is it called basketball? Because here, I'll prove it to you. I have it here. This is what it is. This is Mamish the Gemara. They put a kana in the floor, and they put a basket. They forgot. In those days, they didn't hop. They put a basket. And every time a guy scored a basket, they went up on top and took the ball out. Until some genius said, wait a minute, we don't need a bottom. We could just make it. So it's called a basketball. If you look closely, here's the Israeli guy giving this guy an elbow. And this guy is shooting like uh, whatever. Anyway, Lamashana, why do we have. <laughs> okay, this is just Joachim Noah right over here. <laughs> I heard he's still playing. What? Oh, sorry. There's the basket on top of the thing. This backward came later. Oh. Now we're cheating. All right. So now it's going to rush to Shusaram Rosh Traskal, Zorag Vinochal Gabov, and the ball landed on top, Chayov. Digger Bez Rebudo, Poshaval Baisis Yodel Chodz, Vinos Antoch Yodishaloni, and my Chayev, Mishusa Yachid, Mishusa Yachid, Kamapig. According to Rebiosi, that this is considered Mishusa Yachid, even though they're playing basketball in the middle of, in the, middle of the highway. This is Mishusa Yachid, why? Because you have a basket. But Mishusa Yachid needs 10 Tvachim. So here we're going to just mention briefly that there's a concept called good aches mechitzda. We have that in sukkah, and that's you pretend that the walls go downwards. That's why I have these arrows here. You pretend that the basket extends ten tefachim down. But we have a major problem here that it's pretty obvious that, like Mr. Pfeffer keeps on saying, or like Menachem mentioned before, it has to be under ten tefachim. Because in Rosh Hashanah, once you go above ten tefachim, it's not Rosh Hashanah anymore. And that's pretty much what the Gemara is going to answer, but it's pretty obvious. Fine. So there's a difference between above ten tfachim, ten, yeah, ten tfachim, and that makes it masoro. If you're in Rishusarabim and you're below ten tfachim, so you're still a Rishusarabim. Again, this whole pshat doesn't make sense. It says that he has, a, is he, the only put it into a hand. It should have, it, you should have said something about a basket. Oh, noopshat. Why don't I need four tzvachim in my hand? We're talking about the concept of lovud. By the way, yesterday, one of the best lines was, a Yushalmi guy comes into my house to ask for money. He goes, I'm going to give you a Corona Shalom Aleichem. Love it is good enough. That's what he said. Love it. I liked it. No, because he, he was sensitive to, because the, the, the other guys, they couldn't care less. They're like, licking their hand and like, Shalom Aleichem kind of thing. This guy, anyways, love it. What's love it? Anything within three Tzvachim is considered. <laughs> what about the Yushalmi that comes right into, like, he's like breathing over here. I'm like, no, I hope he doesn't have Corona. I really, what am I going to say? Get back. I thought that yesterday. 
Stefanski, I was like, but yeah, okay. The, the further away you are from me, the more you're gonna get. I promise you. Fine. Every time they Fine. I'm feeling okay. I think. Yeah, you're, you're saving everyone. You're good, Dr. Stavatsky. Yeah, but... I could save you guys. I can't save myself. So talking about the concept of love. You're asking me, his hand doesn't have four tfachim. His hand is the ground. The ground has a lot of tfachim to it. Since my hand is within three tfachim, we all know love is from sukkah. You have an opening that's less than three tfachim, you just close it halachically. My hand is as if it's on the ground. My, the ground is four tfachim, not a problem. So the Gemara goes through a series of big doichaks. Nobody likes doichaks. It says, it says before the guy was standing. So how in the world, if he's standing, how in the world, especially Shaquille O'Neal, how does your hand three tvachim from the ground? Doesn't make sense. He's, he's, he could bend over. He's doing maidim. He himself is in a pit. Mimela, his nose is on by the ground level, so he sticks his hand out like this. Oh, so he doesn't have to bend down. He's actually standing, yeah, he's standing in a pit. Bananas. We're talking about uh, bananas, sorry. Bananas, it's not Purim anymore. I have to get my but it, it's Purim Yushalayim today. It's Purim Yushalayim. We're, we're talking about a vertically challenged human being, and Mimela, he has no issue of putting his hand. Close to the ground, three twelve. It already is three twelve. I just hop now. He doesn't have to bend. His his hands are three twelve from the ground. Fine. Omarava kahani. Rashi explains it beautifully. The, the Mishnah tells me yadai. So all the Mishnah should have said is that he extended his begot. Says Rashi. You want, you want to get me to Fort Tfachim, you don't have to come up with crazy ideas. The guy was vertically challenged, he's, he was bending over, he this, he that. Just say, he extended his garment like this, he made a tent with his, with his talus cotton, whatever it is, and he has Fort Tfachim. So, you tell me the word yada, and you tell me that I have to come on to all sorts of... Also, obviously from the Mishnah it says yada, it means that your hand is enough. This is the final, final pshat, and this is what we, we understand. Halacha, a human hand has halachic chashivas of four tfachim by four tfachim. Some people say because a hand could grab very large objects that are four tfachim, it has the ability to do so. You have a thumb, you have fingers. Or in the Mishkan, they would, they would do that. They would use their hand as a 4x4. Four four. It has a chashivas. A hand has a chashivas. As 4x4. Four four. And that's the end of the sugya. Finished. You're asking me, how could I place an object in somebody's hand when it's not 4 tfachim? It is 4 tfachim. It's a 4 tfachim, halachic 4 tfachim. My small hand, halachically, is 4 tfachim. Just like any other 4 tfachim shelf. Listen to this. This is a beautiful shailer. If, if I throw a ball into my friend's hand, I am chayev. By throwing it, I did an akira. By it landing in his hand, 
I, the thrower, did a hanacha because that's what I intended it to do, chayev. Michael Mashvalon, yodei shalodom chashuveloi kedalad al dalad. Well, I'm telling you a chiddush here that my friend's hand, by him catching it, it's considered four by four. Va'amare biyochnochod the zimno. He already said it. Mal the same mahanim mila yichad the achshev ahuli yodei. That's because, as a pitcher, I want the catcher to catch it and consider it choshev and I want him to catch it. And Mamela, I establish that hand that I'm looking at as a fort fachem hand. Maybe in this case, I didn't think, I just threw the ball and he caught it. Maybe I wasn't machshevit as four, komash malon, no matter what, every human hand has the chashivas of four by four. If the catcher didn't move one inch, huh? What is the case? That is the case. The what? Where is the catcher? They discuss it. They do. Look inside, you'll see. In case that we had before. If the catcher comes towards you, listen to this, Rabbi says, Givaldik. If the catcher comes towards you, the thrower is potter. Why? Because he intended it to land somewhere else. The guy that decided to get up in the middle and run towards you and catch it earlier, he's the one that did the Hanacha. He ruined your Hanacha. You wanted to land 100 feet from you, and now landed only 50 feet from you. They're both potter in their eyes, so because there's no Akira and Hanacha for one person. Tanya Nami. That's what we had before. What happens if you threw a ball and then you stood in one place and you went like this, like in the cartoons? And you ran ahead and you caught the ball, or like his case, you threw a frisbee, let's say. You intended it to go 100 feet, and it was like traveling real slow. You said, you know what? I could catch it myself. And you ran, and you caught it in the middle. Listen to this cash. It's unbelievable. You intended to throw the Frisbee 100 feet. And then you decided afterwards to intercept your own throw and catch it after 50 feet. But your Hanukkah was supposed to be 100 feet from there. But you intercepted your own throw. You did the Akira and the Hanukkah. Maybe you should be Chayev, but maybe you ruined your own Hanukkah because your Hanukkah was supposed to be hundred feet and you made it 50 feet. What do you do with such a question? It's an amazing question. Anything. How? Well, first of all, in Gemara you could also always apply stuff to different things. That's the whole thing in Gemara. You take something you learned over here, you apply it to different things. 100%. But it's Givaldic because you have to but you really truly understand the Svara over here. Is the shot when somebody else, because it's another human being intercepting and that's what causes it, or it's because it's another place that it was intercepted, and that's what ruins it. Maybe because it's one human that did both Akir and Anacha, you should be chayev. I understand the other side better even. It's not where it was supposed to land. It was supposed to land 100 feet from here, and it landed 50 feet from here. Mr. Pfeffer. Pfeffer, I mean. V'neka umim koyme v'chaza, v'kiblo imau. Since he did both things, the Akira and Anacha, he now just intercepted his own pass. He should be, you should be like another person here. There's no, there's no real resolution to this. 
Teiku. Fine. This beautiful svar is here today. A guy sticks his hand into his friend's backyard and receives rain. Is that an Akira? Raboy says, is that an Akira? I took rain from my friends. It was raining. I went like this. And then I brought into Rosh Hashanah. Is that an Akira? Nobody's answering me. Nobody knows. No. Why is that Akira? No, like what do you mean ear? I have two pounds of rain in my hand. Why is that ear? Oh. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. A revius of rain. A revius of rain. But where's that Akira? Yeah, but I didn't pick it up. Yeah, it's a trick. I didn't pick it up. It, it went into my hand. It went into my hand. I put my hand to catch it. But that's Anacha. It's not Akira. Akira means I have to lift up. The lift up. No, I didn't. Oh, it's as if Donnie put it in there. So let's see inside. And he went from Rishus Yachid to Rishus Harabim. Chayv. Masculine Zero. Mali Yitino Chavero. Mali Yitino Shomayim. Our first mission says that if a Oni has to lift it up, if somebody. No, forget that. We had the other case. I, I forgot to bring the picture. The guy drew it for me. A guy was, a guy, they loaded him up with fruit, right? Itino shemayim. What's the difference? You have to do anakira. You have to lift the object off the ground. It's not enough that somebody puts it in your hand. It's not good if somebody puts it in your hand. Even though you have that kira, he didn't do that kira. Says the Gemara, you're right. Now the Gemara tries. The Gemara knows the answer. The Gemara is, Kader Gemara. <coughs> We can go through different things to see why they don't work. Oh, first attempt is he went like this to the rain. Here's his hand. He goes like this. He's paddling it. So maybe by paddling the rain into your hand, that's an akira. Yes, if you go like this, that's not an akira because it just happened to fall in your hand and you have to lift it up and you didn't. You have to grab the rain somehow. So the first attempt is he went like this. This is how he grabbed it. Uh, no, a touch pass, it's called in, in basketball. Wait a minute. Going like this is nothing. You need four tfachim. Going like that is not four tfachim. Attempt number three or two is that the rain is coming down a wall. A wall is four tfachim. It's a vertical wall. But it's moving. The rain is moving down the wall. And I, you stick your hand, and you start catching rain off a wall. It never rested. It's in constant movement. Motion. Constant motion. Okay. So now, the Gemara goes in. But this, this, Mata, you could always, these, these svaras you could apply all over. To anything in the world, in chas, and in, in life. You're on an angle. So angle slows it down. Right? We know that. Vertical is going to be much quicker than our angle, so you slowed it down somewhat. It's a little bit on angle. And where does it say? Here, I brought a safer with me. It says Rashi, it's a Megillah. Very interesting. So he's reading from the safer, and it goes like this. It falls out of his hand. And on the skufa, the skufa is a Carmelist. Because he's in front of his house. He's not in his house. He's on the stoop of his house. It's more than three tzvachim above the ground. 
You know sometimes when that happens with the toilet paper, it just rolls and rolls, you don't know what to do, it, and it lands somewhere. And then you have to start rolling it back up. It's not that funny. Just like the <laughs> so what do you like to do? You like to start rolling it back up. You go like this, roll it back up. Why? There's a concept called the good I'm still holding on to it. So it's as if it's in my hand. If it didn't get the tenth vachim away from the ground, you bring it to yourself. You go like this. Here's the beautiful ksav, it's not a real Megillah. And you don't want people to see this because it's not nice. It's a bazillion on Shabbos to lay like that for 10 hours. You flip it over like this. You go like this, now we're good. Nobody sees what's going on here. And it's not a bazillion to, to the Megillah, to the Sefer. In those days, by the way, everything was written like this, right? All chumashim, all rishonim, whatever it was, it was written on cloth, on a scroll. Vavinam Bon, we asked the question, am I ksav, noch? It never rested anywhere. What does it mean? It's ten fachim. It's dangling ten fachim above the ground. So never rested. So it's still in your hand, and it's like this. Big deal. No, it's not like this. It's actually on, on a on a pitched roof. What? Oh, that's what the Gemara is going to ask. So the sefer is on a pitched roof, just motionless, right? It's a sefer. Half is in my hand. The rest is spread out on the roof. Ask the Gemara, what's the connection to our sugya? That doesn't move at all. But water on an angle is going to continue moving. So never had a point of resting, so you just grabbed water without doing an akira. You never lifted something up that was not in motion. Lifting something up that's in motion is not an akira. He took water from a puddle. He took the top portion of the water. Yeah, it's an obvious. He just took water that's not in motion. So nupshat and tzachidosh. How do we view water? Water that's resting on an ocean floor. There's an ocean. It goes a thousand feet down. So is the water stationary or moving? It constantly goes like this. What is this water? Big chidush. The water is laying on something solid. We view it as laying on something solid. Why? Because water is water. And it's laying on water that goes all the way down to the ocean floor. And the water on the ocean floor is on something solid. So since it's one, one item, it's all water, it's all the same. So the water that I just put down or the water that I just raised, even though it's moving, it's as if my, my hand is also moving. But the bottom of my hand is on something stationary. So in Mela, the whole water is one piece. That's how we, we have to say that that's the pshat. What if you put another type of item on it? What if you put oil on top? What if you put a ball on top of the water? It's floating on top of the water and it's moving. That's not one, one and the same with the water. That's considered placing it down. Says Rava, but if I put a nut, a floating nut on top of water, there's no anacha. It never rested because it's constantly moving. And a nut and water are two different items. You can't view it as one. 
By Rava, here's a very interesting question. Ego is bikli, you put an, uh, uh, a nut, you put a ball, let's say, in a little boat, a little play boat. Now, compared to the boat, it's not moving, but the boat is moving with the water. How do we view that? You have what? No, 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 no. You have, let's say, uh, a bottle full of soda. The bottle is moving on the water, but the soda is not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's 10 seconds. It's, a, it's for, for life. But it, there's a hanacha in the bottle, and the bottle is in the water. It's one, once removed from the water. Do we view it, do we look at the nut, the walnut, and it's resting? Because it's resting on top of another piece of something? But the vessel is constantly moving. It has no, it has no rest. Take No shot. No, no resolution. Oil naturally floats on top of a wine. We have shemen of truma that's floating on top of wine. A is a person who's tamei. He went into the mikvah that day, but he can't touch truma until nightfall. But he's in between tamei because he really did go to the mikvah, but he's not 100% tar yet. And then he touched this shemen. How do we view it? It's two separate products. You have oil on top. One on the bottom. I touched the liquid on top. Did my finger touch everything all the way to the bottom of the vessel, which includes the wine? Or just touched one product called oil? They're both connected. So, Mamela, what? Oh. So, if. Hold on a second. So, according to Rebbechim Menuri, that they're both connected. So, when I place something on top of it, it's like the. It's like the the oil, which is not part of the, the wine, is connected to the ground. So the walnut that I put on top of the water should also be connected to the ground. The two items. Why is a walnut different than oil? Oil, so what? The oil is also moving, which is moving on top of, of wine. But they're all the same. We say wine and oil are considered the same, even though there's two, two products. What's the difference if I put a walnut on top of water, the two products, and they're both moving, they should be the same according to Rebbechon Benuri. According to Chachamim, not. <coughs> should we stop right over here? Unfortunately? Yeah, love you continue, but it's 8 o'clock. How about one more minute? I'm happy. A guy, this is an amazing thing, we have to understand this. A guy didn't have any intention to do an Akira Ranoch. He wanted to walk in his house. And then, it's a big sugya. It's a big sugya. We're going to stop here. Forget it. We'll have to. We'll have to start tomorrow.